0: I can't believe we, I mean, we discussed it ourselves on Discord, but like, uh, shocking we didn't bring up the podcast last week. Was it out last week, the trailer for Godzilla X Kong, the new empire?
1: Oh, it might've just dropped like right before we recorded or I think maybe after it. Does not look good. No, but I'm still but, excited. I
0: mean, it's gonna be fucking stupid. Yeah, but that's fucking the appeal. Kong
1: yeah. gets a power glove. Yeah, and uh, we get Pride Godzilla, which mm-hmm. I don't know, kind of look cool. I it think does. the pink it looks is a nice. Oh, it's uh, nice. Yeah, contrast. Uh,
0: I'd actually, because like, there's you know, I, I feel like I have a. It's not here at the moment where I'm recording, but I have like a Godzilla figure where he's got pink like like kind of accents at the top of his spines so i feel like it's kind okay. of a callback to like an older design of him or something um or like maybe like a like a version of him on a poster but like to me i was just like i don't know yeah it kind of just feels right like it works out you know
1: yeah i love it i am very intrigued i think what this legendary monster verse has done the best is taking the criticisms of the past film and, it, you know, working through them, I think, like, the first Godzilla, was like, well, we don't really see any monster battles. Like, it's right. very short. Uh, it's not intense. For Godzilla King of the Monsters, you got some, like, really intense battles. It's, like, all but fighting. But you couldn't really yeah. see it right. most of the time. Like, that in Antarctica was really bad. And then I think Godzilla versus Kong, it was like, all right, well, like, it's this neon during the day, the... Yeah. the, the Battleship fight is still phenomenal. It is.
0: It looks um, all looks fantastic. It's all you know crystal clear on screen. Yeah. Which yeah. is uh and something I really appreciate sure about the one as well, by the way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's it's just always been like, well, the characters are not great, so maybe they'll eventually uh, get maybe. it right this time.
0: <laughs> I don't think Millie Bobby Brown is coming back, so they heard my they heard me on that one. Uh Yeah, you not
1: know. can't complain there. But we're also getting is it Bryce Tyree Jones? Uh, I always get Brian his name. Brian Tyree Henry. Hen- and that that that's it, yeah. Yeah,
0: who yeah, I, I generally so. love, and I think that he really is like trying in Godzilla vs Kong. It's just like the quality of the writing is not there, right? Right.
1: Yeah. And Rebecca Hall, I really enjoy as well. Yeah. Well,
0: I think even like the Adam Wingard has said like, yeah, I would love to do a movie that's ninety five percent monster action. <laughs> like, so and he he's I think he's in the same camp. Rebecca Hall is an interesting one because like she is like a phenomenal actor but she also to me has this very strange like affect not affectate but she's got a strangeness to her too that i, I, find I agree interest interesting you know so it's like am i blinded by like one how beautiful she is and two this weird the tower yeah like yeah it's it's really it's interesting that she's great though. I, I mean I, I was happy to see she's coming back yeah but uh I mean, everyone's ta- everyone who is a Godzilla fan is talking about it. It's amazing that, like, we get minus one, which is taking things very seriously and is, you know, hearkening back to, like, what Godzilla originally was. And then, like, less maybe than a year later... a little too maybe, melodramatic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teeny bit. Yes, teeny bit. Although there's some... Yeah. I think there's some fun, ridiculous stuff in it, too, that people um, haven't really discussed as much. But, like... Uh, the inner tube is all i'll say but um <laughs> that is lo- that is amazing but less than a year later we're getting this fucking piece of dog shit starring godzilla and kong teaming up to fight an, an orangutan like you
1: know give us everything o- you original got. Yeah. villain i i think i'm I, the thing i'm most upset about is i don't know what to call it it's godzilla x kong
0: i know seriously i i, I feel like uh there's the i haven't watched it but there's that anime hunter x hunter which is what people were calling it and then eventually like people like found out oh you're actually just supposed to say hunter hunter like the x is like i i don't know why but it's silent so maybe this is a similar
1: godzilla times kong godzilla
0: times kong yes exactly i like that i'm gonna do godzilla times kong yeah
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, but then we also have Monarch, which yeah. I finally got to like the third episode. With I, the that's where I've stopped. Uh, I need to watch more. I'm behind now. <laughs> so, have you seen the third episode? Yeah, yeah. When they go to Antarctica, okay. Yeah. What's uh, Alaska, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, just the 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 flashback to the nuclear testing. Awesome, amazing, yeah. which, so breathtaking. Yeah,
0: I watched that episode like a couple days before minus one came out, and you see the same thing depicted in two different two different ways. Uh, you know, with Godzilla. Yeah, good good, really cool stuff. Um you know, the C G is again we, we talked about it, but it's it's T V level, but it's still pretty serviceable. I really love again, I just I have such a fun time with the characters. Like the um the Korean pilot that they they get in the third episode. Like Oh, he, he was really fun. Yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't watched the last two episodes. It's my fucking terrible T V habits striking again, you know.
1: I'm in the same boat, but I, you know, want to have that breather. I don't want to just yeah. binge it and then I have, like, well, now I have to wait. Right. I exactly. could watch it at any time. I choose not to. Right.
0: <laughs> um, it's just, you know, I want to go back to the days where television broadcasting companies would tell me what to watch. Be like, hey, 7 p.m., mm-hmm. The Simpsons is coming on. And I'd be like, okay. there, I, you know, yeah. take, the, take my, my part of it out. I, I need
1: to know when Sweeps Week is. Yes. And I feel so lost that I don't have that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: All right, let's get into our movie. Let's uh let's introduce the podcast and ourselves. Hello everybody. Welcome to the Weekly Podcast Massacre. My name is Grandpa Greg, uh because of our theme this month. Before we get to the theme, my co host uh here. Hello- <laughs> It's, I don't hello know my name
1: up. is michael from portland everyone calls me murphy uh i was thinking what would be fun is to add into your nickname like i guess there isn't a an old name for los angeles it's always been los angeles or los angeles like if you
0: want to get real you know los angeles you can that's yeah technically the archaic way of saying it
1: what they would have called it before los angeles yeah
0: well okay i kind of know that because of my heritage a little bit um the tribes were called the Tongva that lived here in L.A. That was one of the, okay. one of the major L.A. area tribes. Um, I don't know. I uh, I'm a, look. I'm a bad bad descendant of Native Americans. I don't know what they would have called the area, but I think that I think uh, I could be wrong in this. I think the tribe would have called themselves based on the area, so the Tongva. So sure. Yeah, I'm I'm Grandpa Greg from Tongva. <laughs> Well, Apologies uh, any for Tongo that, I'm also a bad Irishman, yeah. <laughs> in that I've
1: only watched The Irishman once, so.
0: Um, but yes, uh, I forgot to even say, yeah, From Los Angeles, which is big for this this week, because this is like a Hollywood movie, baby. Old you know? Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, old Hollywood. Um, I, I have been to the area where the house is in this movie. Okay. Uh, I, I actually was going to look into it to see, like, how close am I to where they shot this? Like, could I go see the house? Uh, is it even still there? I don't know. I should have looked into that. But uh, look, it's appropriate that I'm like floundering today because I'm like sundowning or something. Because this month our theme is out with the old. We're talking about aging. We're talking about time passing. You know, maybe losing your grip on reality, like I seem to be. Uh, and this, you know, weekly podcast masker. Every single week we look at a different horror movie pertaining to our monthly theme. And uh, today's movie is whatever happened to Baby Jane from 1962. Anytime I read this title, I can't help but think of the Full House theme song. You know, <laughs> whatever happened to Baby Jane?
1: Uh... Well, I I actually really like when movie titles are questions. Mm-hmm. that are asking something of you, like it's it's you know a point. Whatever did happen to Baby Jane? Yeah, exactly.
0: What what was the last question title we got? Can you think of one? Oh, um
1: uh um hmm now i'm floundering too i mean it's kind of an on the spot question yeah so um well the only thing that's coming up to mind is don't tell mom the babysitter's dead which is not a question
0: i don't know if this is the last one but a recent one was um oh fuck was it called it was a brian cranston comedy with uh with james franco where it's like my daughter's dating this guy, like,
1: oh, hi- it's something like him.
0: Yeah, it's not him with the question this mark. This is
1: him. It's
0: like, yeah, uh, we, we fi- let's figure this out. This is exciting podcasting.
1: Detention. Movie titles with questions. Uh, oh, brother, where art thou? That was pretty good. It's pretty good. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. That's probably uh, the most recent yes, one. Yes, which I hear is great. Yeah. I, should, I should see that uh i can't believe we forgot this one dude where's my car dude Where's my car oh it's just
0: called why him
1: right why him yeah and i'm still not finding it on his thing anyway it doesn't matter uh like Who yes. roger rabbit is kind of a question but they don't have a question mark in it oh right i think the original book had the had the question mark
0: um which i need to read that book look this is a major tangent um but you, do you know anything about the book for who framed Roger Rabbit?
1: Uh, it's who censored Roger yeah. Rabbit. He eventually is like. I know in the book they, they don't talk, they have like the the bubbles. Yeah, because they're comic book instead. characters instead of cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's something to do with like Roger copied himself and then killed. He got,
0: he died. The copy yeah. killed him. Something and like then that. at the
1: end of the novel, the copy just like
0: disappears sounds fucking crazy I need to read it all yeah. right hey we're way off track we've we've spent way too long doing this we we're kind of what living about these... Bob oh yeah there you go uh we're kind of living these aimless lives with not much going on clearly uh just like our characters in this movie so whatever happened are to Baby we there Jane? yet
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> are we home yet of course
1: of course mm-hmm um anything i'm trying to think of i mean we're down in like number 45 now so yeah pepsi wears my jet the documentary hey okay
0: i don't know why i'm we're continuing this this thread but let's whatever what titles would be better with a question mark if you just like didn't change anything so I've added it can you think of a recent one
1: like uh, transformers rise of the beast rise of the beast uh, <laughs> yeah. don't
0: worry darling
1: Now that one, maybe. Yeah,
0: see, that one Uh, I think actually kind of works.
1: No, I can't think of any (laughs) more modern movies.
0: All right, we've fucked around long enough. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane from 1962 uh, starring Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, uh, the two best of friends, you know? Um, Amazing. Yes, directed by Robert Aldrich, uh, director of The Dirty Dozen, which is the only other movie of his that I've seen, I think, which is also a very good oh. movie. Uh, we have, I, I'm i curious, do you recognize a returning champion from this movie?
1: Uh, No, I didn't know that we had one.
0: Yeah, we have Victor Buono as Edwin Flagg. We previously saw yeah, him I... as the devil in Evil. The Evil, sorry.
1: Oh, of course, I actually really liked him in this. He's great. So, yeah, apparently, yeah. I think he's like a he
0: was like a good friend of Joan Crawford or something. I think I saw um, somewhere like she ended up getting him his kind of start, and then uh, like I think Betty Davis originally didn't want him, but then you know he he won everybody over. Mainly a TV actor, and he I think we talked about this in the Evil episode, but went on to play King Tut in the '60s Batman series.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I did read about that one.
0: Yes, uh, we have Wesley Addy as. Uh, uh, Marty McDonald, pretty minor character, but, you know. Um, Ann Barton as Cora Hudson, uh, which is their mother, right? Uh, we have Marjorie Bennett as D- uh, Delia Flagg, Edwin's mother. We have Burt Fried as Ben Golden, the executive, who I really liked in this little screen time. Uh, Anna Lee as Mrs. Bates. Uh, Mady Norman as Elvira Stitt. And then uh, Betty Davis's actual daughter. Um oh, shit, did I... Where did I put her name? I saw this thing, and then, oh yeah, Barbara Merrill, that's her name uh so the neighbor mm-hmm. the neighbor girl is actually Betty Davis's real daughter, which is a okay, cool. yeah,
1: interesting, but uh yeah had you had you seen this movie before, Murph? no, I had not, and I did not know that this would have been considered a thriller horror mm-hmm. movie. There are horror elements, definitely, yeah, um. Yeah, I I think I always get this one and another good question mark movie of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf.
0: Yeah. Mixed which, up. Yes. Uh not too But now I that mean, I've
1: seen this one, I yeah. plan to see the other one as well. That one's
0: great. Yeah, that one's fantastic. Uh that one is much more of like a, you know, it's it was based off a stage play and stuff like that, so it's like a, you know, yeah. very uh I want to say refined cuz it's, it's actually very funny too and 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 stuff, but like much, this, this one, yeah, you said this one falls into the thriller horror category. That one is primarily just like a serious drama. Adult I would drama. Say. Like adult yeah. drama, yeah. Uh, but great movie, though. Yeah, I feel like I also mixed them up for a long time before I uh, finally saw this. Um, I first saw this in 2019, pretty shortly after I moved to Los Angeles. And I had already been going to the New Beverly for a little bit. You know, I, I would make the, the hour plus drive out there to go see stuff. But this was the first movie I went and saw after I moved to L.A., and it was only 10 minutes from the New Beverly. So on a random weekday, when I had some time, I drove out to see this at like 2 p.m., and it was just like an amazing, like, kind of welcome to L.A. sort of thing. Of like, yeah, 10 minutes from your house, I can go sit and watch whatever happened to maybe Jane on in 35mm. And, like, when the whole, when you go to New Beverly, it's all, you know, a lot of retro stuff he does like the kind of like our feature presentation thing. Like the card comes up with the right. music and, and it made me cry. Cause I was like sitting there being like, Oh my God, here I am. Like I literally just moved to LA. was living on my own. Like, uh, and this is the movie I first saw. And, uh, so yeah, I, this is one I'd kind of kept in the back pocket for this podcast. Cause I was like, you know, it's, you're right. It's, it's borderline a horror movie. Um, but I do think it has some really fascinating elements to it. And I think that, it does address the topic at hand, aging, in a very of scary course. way.
1: Yeah. Very definitely, yes. And, um, well, I think we should get into recommendations, because yeah. I, I have other things to say about things about this movie. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, sure, yeah. Do you want to start off with recommendations?
1: Yeah. Well, occasionally we do like to talk about things that are uh, not horror. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one that is kind of horror that I will... Be talking about throughout the podcast is I did watch the made-for-TV movie, the nineteen—I want to say nineteen ninety-one version of "Whatever Happened to Baby Jane?" starring Vanessa Redgrave and her sister. I can't remember her name. Something yeah. Redgrave. Um, a very updated form of the story. It had John Glover in it right. instead of the Victor Bruno yeah. character. I he saw him in the a, cast. Like, um. Talent manager. He works at a video store, but is trying to get money from Baby Jane to, like, you know, be her manager. Um, Very weird. I'll get to his big part at the end of it. But uh, I also was starting to watch Feud Uh, Betty and Joan, I think is what it's called. And it is the uh, Ryan Murphy dramatization of the story of this movie. Um, It has a really interesting framing device of. People in like nineteen seventy-eight being recorded for a documentary about the feud between oh, Betty man. and Joan. Look, And I... it's Kathy Bates and Kathra Zeta Jones as the two like women in the 70s. Yeah. I,
0: I will say I, I I don't I've watched a a you know, decent number of like Ryan Murphy's things, and I feel like I, I would love to watch this subject matter handled by somebody else because as soon as you said the framing device and I'm like oh god he loves his dumb framing devices
1: he does he yeah. does it, it it jumps around a lot uh it's phenomenally acted much like this movie oh look
0: that's the thing look i i think ryan murphy as a showrunner slash like writer creator whatever i think he's idea man yeah Yeah. he's pretty mixed for me but the cast he assembles like the people that are regularly coming back to be in his stuff like yeah he's got kathy Bates in his pocket
1: you know it's like yeah yeah a jessica lang like the first season of american horror story and uh her and susan sarandon are doing like a, a great job It is funny just to think of like how how good Joan Crawford looks in this movie versus what Jessica Lange is looking. Yeah, and then flip side, how bad Betty Davis like appears in the movie. Versus like what Susan Sarandon looks like in the show, and you yeah you can't um, really
0: like look Susan Sarandon you got to do a lot of work to make her seem like haggard and like as, unattractive yeah exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly uh, but uh, Alfred Molina plays oh. uh, Aldrich uh, the director mm-hmm. um, he's great I I love him we also have uh, Mister Stanley Tucci just a touch of the tooch as Jack Warner love it that's awesome yeah. It's been really fun so far. And the uh, daughter from Mad Men plays Susan Sarandon, or Betty Davis's daughter. Yeah. Um. So I I haven't gotten to the part where she becomes the actress right. in the movie. But, you know, very stunning and gorgeous.
0: Yeah. I haven't... Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the news about Hall and Oates. Uh, one of the two. I forget which, but ho- either Hall or Oates. Sue and the
1: other one. Sue and the other yeah. one.
0: I saw uh, the great response to it on Twitter of, like... You know, Ryan Murphy, like, uh, immediately securing <laughs> rights for this for Feud Season 2. like That's, Hall, <laughs> that's not bad. Hall versus, I'd, Hall, I'd, Hall I'd love Oates. to see that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other uh, recommendation I just wanted to give real quick is we watched Leave the World Behind uh, the other night. And it was pretty good. I enjoyed a lot of Mr. Robot. I never saw the last season. Yeah, That's one I really need to get to in the new year. But um, always really enjoyed his... Direction and just kind of the weird stuff that he's doing. I enjoyed it, didn't love it. I kept thinking, oh, there's gonna be some like big twist. Like, I kept feeling like it was setting me up for something like that, and then it never came through. Uh, but all of the acting, I mean, my boy Ethan Hawk doing a great job. Love him. There's a tremendous scene between uh Oscar winner Julia Roberts and two time Oscar winner. Mahershal Ali oh wow where it's like about like 10 minutes into the scene I'm like god damn it's no wonder both of these people have Oscars and they're just doing such a great like ping pong back and yeah. forth yeah oh that's great damn it's just worth ba- checking based
0: out. on saying that I'm like I never would have thought that Julia Roberts and Mahershal Ali would be together in a scene but I want to see that yeah yeah uh that is the it's,
1: that... it's worth checking out
0: it's a movie right not a show
1: yes yes
0: um I that I saw a news report the other day, that apparently, like Obama was giving scripted notes on it.
1: <laughs> he is executive produ- him and Michelle are executive producers on it. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre. Yeah, uh,
0: weird, very weird. Is he going to take like the opposite approach to Ronald Reagan? He's gonna go from president to like <laughs> you know, film business guy, like film guy.
1: I wouldn't mind that. I mean, that's better than I mean he's probably know,
0: gonna get he's probably gonna hurt less people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway I think I think we should we should say that. Like he's pulling a reverse Reagan. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh yeah, pretty soon he'll he'll just be he'll just be governor of California. Yeah. And then president of the sag somehow. Well, um, when
1: Newsom's gonna be president, you know, we're gonna need somebody in there. It's,
0: yeah, true. Um so yeah, my recommendations pretty quick. I saw Godzilla minus one uh twice this week in theaters. I went and caught the very last IMAX screening in the area on oh, Thursday. Nice. nice. Uh
1: and
0: holy shit, IMAX makes a difference, particularly with the sound mix I found to be the biggest part of that. Um yeah. there's a there's a part near the end where the sound all drops out and everything goes completely silent like during like a big action scene and the ringing in my ears in that imax theater i was like really added to stuff because i was like oh my god like yeah that, you really feel that silence in that case um and then i saw it again last night went on a double date to see it a nice godzilla double date and uh all everyone i mean my girlfriend and I have now seen it three times but like the people we went with absolutely loved it like this thing is fucking cooking man um seriously every screening i go to like there's always somebody that like claps excitedly at that toho logo oh yeah and then at the very end like when the credits pop up just big applause from everybody like yeah yeah my
1: first showing there was a lot of applause and i don't think i even told you but my first showing there was a guy uh like couple seats down to me and then a guy in the middle of the row and you could tell the guy in the middle of the row was like pumping back and forth yeah. like getting super excited everything and we'd always like kind of look over at the same time and be yeah like,
0: oh, i'm glad he's enjoying it dude i i don't remember it was yet i think it was uh thursday when i saw an imax but i just kept seeing the person like and uh kind of in my peripheral vision that rode in front of me constantly just like moving forward like sitting at the edge of their seat like during 10 scenes and i'm like yeah man this movie's working it's magic <laughs> like holy shit yeah uh, anyway, a lot of thoughts about that. If if people follow me on Letterbox, you can you can see that like I clearly have a lot to say about it. Um, so that yeah, Godzilla, and then uh, continuing through my watch of the Shaw Brothers set, Return to the Thirty Sixth Chamber, fucking masterpiece, starring Gordon okay. Liu. Um, the first one's way more famous because of the Wu Tang Clan affiliation, but Return to the Thirty Sixth Chamber, I thought was better. I think the fights are are more fun. Um, it's a comedy, it's like a weird, it's almost like a parody of the first movie okay, this is something I had never experienced before in a franchise, so it's it's called Return of the 36th Chamber, right, and it's a sequel, kind of a sequel to this major influential Kung Fu film, right Gordon Liu, who starred in the first one, he does come back in the sequel but he is not playing the same character he is playing like this con man that in order to try to help out these factory workers pretends to be the legendary monk he played in the first movie. So Hmm. he like puts on monk clothes and is like, hey, I am this guy that this famous like folk figure, right? So
1: like a Dave.
0: Kind of, yes. And he pretends to know Kung Fu. The bad guys are like, well you don't clearly don't know Kung Fu and they beat the shit out of him. So he decides, okay, I'm gonna go actually learn from the real guy. And he goes to the Shaolin Temple. He meets the guy he played in the last movie, now played by a different actor, and he goes through the training all yet again, except now he's a bumbling fool, and it's all played for comedy. It's a fucking masterpiece, but it just got me thinking. Like, I've never seen a franchise do anything like that. It's like if if you imagine like Doctor No comes out, it's a big hit, right? People love it, and then in From Russia, Russia with Love. Sean Connery plays a guy pretending to be James Bond and he meets George Lazenby as the real James Bond like that's the equivalent I was gonna know? say Woody Allen yeah he meets Woody Allen <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and Woody Allen is to teach him how to be a real spy yes exactly oh god I mean
1: give me a time machine right? I want to write this yeah why
0: didn't I, why didn't that happen what the fuck anyway return to 36 chamber it was phenomenal I really loved it um I also watched this pretty crazy, pretty cool, like, uh, Hong Kong action movie called um, Yes Madam with a very, very young Michelle Yeoh. I think it was her first movie, actually. Okay. Uh, She's billed as Michelle Khan because I Mm. I guess they figured that was a more marketable name. But uh, pretty good. Pretty damn fun movie. The action scenes at the end, like, Michelle Yeoh was already, like, she was already like, hey, I'm just doing all my own stunts by myself. And she is doing some fucking wild shit during the climax of that movie. It is truly, truly amazing. So, highly recommend Is that. this
1: part of the Shawscope no, scope too, was or just, no, this is just this, this was,
0: this, the They were talking about it on the Action Boys podcast, and so I tuned into it, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that's just, like, a one-off thing. So, uh, And I guess Action Boys, because I listen to that all the time. So, uh, you know, Yeah, we don't talk too much about, like, what we're listening to, but I, I was driving around the other day with my girlfriend. We were listening to Weird Al uh listen to weird al love weird al that was a lot of fun oh, yeah that's my real fun that's my music yeah. recommendation just
1: weird al uh, god there was something i was listening to um it was this weird synth uh a lot of covers i'll shout him out because it was really fun it his name is losses losses okay And uh, he does a cover of Pet Cemetery that I thought was really cool. Oh, and the other one, just thinking about it, is um, the GTA 6 trailer came out. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the Tom Petty song, uh, uh, Love is a Long Road, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Fucking phenomenal. Can't wait for that. Have to wait a whole year. I know, seriously.
0: But GTA, I mean, I remember when the GTA 5 trailer dropped with that Stevie Wonder song like they 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 kept their, kept their track record up after what 10 years since that came out yeah yeah, yeah. um 13 yeah, something like that yeah pro- you're probably right but like uh man i love the tone of this trailer like you know it it, it it clearly is still satirical with all the social media stuff but like it looks like they're actually trying to tell like a pretty interesting story with the main character um, yeah, yeah she seems she seems really fascinating i don't know what it was but like I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a story they just haven't explored before, you know? Like,
1: I'm very intrigued, and I'm I'm wondering if they're going to do it, like, with five, where it's like we're switching between I both think you, of them. I think you switch. I think that's the case, yeah. yeah.
0: But I'm like, I don't know. That, there's just a lot of potential for that kind of... I have even seen that many movies about women getting out of prison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the only one coming to mind is Bound, like, you know, where Tina yeah. Gershon gets out of prison and then uh, has a little thing with, uh, you know...
1: Yeah, right. Um, all the ones I'm thinking about are just uh, fucking like men, women. In, yeah, women's brothers. Like,
0: right. Yeah, exactly. Women in prison is a big genre. But
1: yeah. Right. right. Anyway, um, which, uh, you know, nice little tangent bringing us back to this. This movie itself kind of created a whole genre. Yeah. I was reading. Of Did you Hagsploitation. See?
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that at IMDb, too. And I meant to look up other examples of hagsploitation but well yes. that's
1: literally one of the titles of the episodes of feud is just saying how this movie becoming a hit is like oh we have to make more of these yeah. and they they try again with the same crew right exactly um
0: and that's just yeah there must be like a famous like critique or something that used the word exploitation, you know or like it must be a known thing um I mean, I, I don't know. I found this pretty similar to like not very similar, but it's it's playing in the same area as like Sunset Boulevard,
1: which came before this, though. You know? Okay. Um. Um. Well, I know. So from Feud, they were talking about. So Psycho had been a big hit.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, previously, and you, you see that influence. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. With uh, Mrs. Bates. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. And they were talking about how this is a genre that I mean, TV was kicking their ass all of the movies asses at the at that time but a genre that had not been captured on television was horror thriller and they thought this will be something that will actually put butts in seats yeah
0: i mean they were right with this one like this was a huge success this was like an insanely low budget movie uh and you can kind of feel it like it's all literally just shot in this one house mostly right and then you got some scenes at the beach uh you get the theater stuff at the beginning. but like for the most part, it's one single location between
1: like three rooms. Uh, That's yeah. one of the things they talk about as well is like it's very cheap to make. Yeah. I think bitterly um, couldn't even in, afford
0: to like fake the driving scenes. We're just like, we're just gonna have to have Betty <laughs> Davis drive around for real. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, they were just, um so in in the feud, they have it where,, uh, you know, they're both kind of washed up. And Joan Crawford is broke and needs money and um, is kind of put to, like, you have to find a story for you to work with, a script. And she just ends up buying a bunch of books and then finds, oh, this uh, book about a baby. (laughs) It's about mothers, right? And so when she finds out it is, she's like, oh, well, I should get Betty Davis. The two greats who have never worked together.
0: Yeah. Because they've hated each other for like their entire careers, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, jealousy. Yes. So yeah, this was originally a book written by Henry Farrell. Um, I was seeing that he got the idea from like, essentially, you know, you live in LA and you and you do see this. This is a real thing still to this day. You see these like older women that you know have an an aura of like old glam about them, but you know maybe have fallen on hardish times. And like it's the same for men. It's the same thing for men. Um, it's not just a woman thing, but you clearly get, you get the idea in your head. This person was an actor that maybe was somebody or was on the track to being somebody, but now is not right. And that's, that's kind of where the concept came from, was just going around LA and seeing women like that. Um, and then when he came to set and he saw Betty Davis as, uh, as the character, he was just like, Yep, yeah, 100%, you're exactly what I envisioned in my
1: head. Uh, which is pretty yeah. cool. She did uh, her own makeup the... for this. <laughs> Which yeah, that's wild. what I've heard yeah. as well what's what's the famous case? it's uh not Elvira, but the one that she was Vampira, the, one, the one yeah vampire yeah right yes um and that she was kind of living in squalor towards the end of his life her life and it was God, what's the comedian uh not Elliot Gould something Gould Dana Gould but he right? bas- Dana Gould yeah, yeah. basically. Um, found out she was living that like, and, you know, helped her out, got her, you know, better living accommodations and, you know, and helped, you know, keep her afloat till the end of her life.
0: Dude, Dana, I feel like he's got more than one story like that, where he's like, been championing or like assisting older stars like that. He seems like a, like an interesting guy. Um I've heard him so
1: funny. Yeah, he oh, is. Yeah.
0: He's great. i remember, I heard him tell a story once. He's like a he is the world's biggest Planet of the Apes fan, like super fan. Right, yes. yes. Um I think he he has part of one of the original sets like in his backyard somehow. <laughs> of course. Um yeah. but he told the story of meeting Charlton Heston and it was like a fucking incredible story. And like, you know, Heston seems like a very terrifying dude, like <laughs> president of the NRA and all that stuff. Yeah. But he was like, But he could not have been nicer to me as like a Planet of the Apes fan. It was just like super happy to talk about it like signed whatever he wanted to sign and like which is like completely a welcoming and i'm just like oh man that's that's, that's amazing yeah anyway
1: he's got a good bit in his stand-up about uh getting whipped at like a sex club and he <laughs> imagines himself like charlton heston getting whipped in the thing and he's like getting into it and then these two people and like you know uh get up with like you know chains and leather and Facial piercings. that come up to him, is like, "Oh my God, you're Dana Gould. You're like our favorite comic." Oh my comic. God, Jesus. And he's Christ. like, "Huh? Who's the whip with the? Who's the freak with the
0: whip?" That's insane. Oh God, I love that. Yeah, if he's not in the next like Kingdom of the Planet of the A- he should be in it as an ape getting whipped. You know? Yeah. Um. So, okay. Speaking of the the uh inspiration for this movie, uh, like, Davis's character was believed to be based on. Uh, a former silent movie ingenue, Mary Miles Minter. This is at least according to IMDb, hmm. so take this, you know, with a grain of salt. Um, apparently she was a suspect in the murder of director William Desmond Taylor. <laughs> she was never actually Ooh. charged and lived her life as a recluse. Um, again, oh. I'm quoting this from IMDb, so, like, I didn't yeah. do any further research on this. I should have, but,
1: yeah. It definitely made me think of, like, a Shirley Temple Yeah, type oh, totally. That's what they're going personality. for. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, we can hit on some, some plot points, but like as an overview, it's a wash of actress in Hollywood, uh, you know, keeps her more successful actress sister captive in, in their old, like decrepit Hollywood house and tries to plan a comeback. Um, that's our general plot. It's, you're right. It it does, it does go much more into the thriller category than horror, but there are some pretty shocking moments, um that still were effective for me. even seeing this a second time. Uh,
1: oh, I think so. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, it was very um, well done. And I think it's, it's all the performances really. Yeah. I, I don't think it's like particularly well put together. I think some of the score is really fun. Yeah. But it's just, you have these two Titans who know exactly what to do. Betty Davis is really cranking up that like insanity. And it's so fascinating. Cause I, I don't know if I've, seen any other joan crawford performances but i have seen mommy dearest and so i do know that she is batshit insane oh
0: yeah no she's she's wild i mean like it's kind of funny the way that they were cast in this because like i think they're sort of playing the inverse of like their characters yeah and even that's what's so shocking
1: yeah even down to such a muted character yeah
0: even down to their names being like the first letter of their names being flipped right so you have betty davis mm-hmm. betty davis as jane and then joan crawford as blanche like i mean it's based on a book so but that just feels so perfect somehow you know mm-hmm.
1: serendipitous yes yeah. exactly they a lot of in the in the show they're talking about like how she gets betty davis and she's like well you get to be the the title character yeah <laughs> and she's like so you mean the star of the pictures like if that's what you want to think
0: yeah Um, And I will just say, too, I think Betty Davis is far and away outperforming, like, Joan Crawford, even though Crawford is great. She really is. But, like, Davis just has a much
1: meatier part. Exactly. She has more to work with. She has a bigger range. I think what Joan Crawford is doing is is really something special. Um, It's muted, especially at the very end of the movie where she is... You know, distraught on her death sand yeah, bed. Yeah, the makeup you know? is great and she's too. And she is really knocking it out of the park. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I have seen her in uh, Johnny Guitar, which is a pretty good movie. Uh, okay. nice Classic western. Um,
1: uh, Mildred with, Pierce, I, think, I believe, is her Oscar-winning role. Yes, uh, that's correct.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, to get into it, we uh, Baby Jane Hudson was a big, big hit in the vaudeville circuit in the 1910s. So we start in 1917, the first thing we see visually is a fucking super creepy jack-in-the-box, like, pop-up, and then have, like, tears streaming down its face.
1: Well, you hear, yeah, the first thing you, before you even see that, you just hear a little girl crying. Yeah. And then that happens, and he's telling her, like, you don't need to be scared of it, here, let me show you again.
0: Ugh, God, very creepy. (laughs) Um... So, yeah, she's putting on a show. Her father is watching from the wings, like, encouraging her, like, you know, kind of mouthing out, like, what she's going to be doing next. Uh, I love the the visual storytelling of this, you know, just seeing him in the forefront, like, doing all this, like, very excited. And then in the back, you have their mother holding the young Blanche, like, holding her back, or, like, you know, her arms around her, both looking fucking mm-hmm. miserable, like, just the unhappiest yeah. people in the world. Uh,
1: like, I'm sure they've seen this act, like, 150 times. Yeah. They're still there for the matinee showing. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things is, like, a, a people coming up and they're like, nope, nope, sold out till tomorrow. Yeah. So, like, she's a big hit.
0: Um, you know, people complain about the state of movies today, but it's like, you're, you're, you're... <laughs> the big entertainment in 1917 was going to go see a little girl get tortured by her father into performing on stage for a sold out crowd. Like, I think some improved. I don't have know. <laughs>
1: Uh what's the what's the Taylor Swift movie called? Isn't that just the same thing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Her handlers in the back. Yeah.
1: Just <laughs> Yeah, know. with like with a, a club. Um I wanna see Taylor do a cover of Letters to Daddy. Yeah. I think I think that would be a big hit. She can nail it. You get someone like yeah. Drake to produce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, letters. <laughs>
0: letter uh i've written a letter to daddy taylor's version yeah let's hear it i've written an email to daddy (laughs) i've written a whatsapp to daddy uh his address is heaven above the song did get stuck in my head Annoyingly. oh
1: yeah it's totally in there um instead of stamps i put kisses the postman says that's the best (laughs) hey this is pretty good how would you feel about going
0: on the road as as baby murph (laughs) um
1: yeah so Uh, i'd be like the baby from uh, um who framed roger (laughs) rabbit exactly where are my stogies uh
0: so they had they're selling these fucking super creepy uh baby jane dolls too their cost they cost 3.25 in
1: 1917 dollars 25 cents but with that you get natural hair correct yeah mm -hmm. that's that's quality do you think it's jane's hair like
0: is that or is it like horse hair? well there's
1: there's too many of them for that so it's probably like i mean at the time it's probably like chinese immigrant children (laughs) that they just (laughs) die blonde or something you know yeah that's that's probably it
0: (laughs) there's a baby jane hair doll factory yeah right um where they they just have, like, cages of of immigrants, yeah, Jesus, that's getting dark, this was a dark movie, though um, so yeah, we have a scene of, (laughs) Jane comes out out back I don't want to take a nap she's like, I make the money, I get to do what I want essentially, uh and then, (laughs) she actually does be nice for a second she's like, alright, let's get Blanche some ice cream too, and the father fucking explodes, right when Blanche (laughs) says, no, it's okay you know, um i just again it what is a, odd what a nightmare I, I,
1: dynamic it's definitely like she's using blanche like she's yeah. not i don't think being nice in its instance she's just being like no oh, but, she wants it too
0: well i don't think she's ca- so i mean this is a very basic sort of reading of this but she's like a you know got narcissistic personality disorder whatever you call it like she literally cannot think of anything but herself. Like, anytime she All is right. doing that Grandpappy stuff,
1: Ram she... Grandpappy Greg's armchair diagnosis. <laughs> exactly. But, like,
0: literally she cannot do anything for anybody if, unless it benefits her in some way, right? Like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we, we mean come to find out that Blanche is pretty fucked up,
1: too. So, I mean, we get that right away, because she's is, like... It, it's very fascinating, too. Yeah. I think, like, I think both of these characters have been made this way especially with the way that baby Jane, her like celebrity status growing up, yeah. you know, she probably is a- acting very much like an, an ex president uh, currently, <laughs> um, you know, and I think Blanche is also like living from living in that shadow. Uh, as we learn, she's like very manipulative. And yeah. I feel like even with, when Blanche becomes a star and like forcing them to make pictures with, Baby Jane.
0: Well, I think even is, that is right. doing
1: something, yeah, yeah uh, odd to her, like making sure that she has some light, but not the limelight. Yes,
0: and intentionally, like putting her into a place where she kind of knows she can't succeed. Maybe you know,
1: yeah, because like she was a yeah. stage
0: star, and like being a star of the stage and being a movie star are totally different things. Uh, and you know, it's you know, maybe she if she had stopped doing movies and branched out of something else. Who knows? Like you know, but no, yeah, you're right. Blanche kept her tied to her with that contract, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely, it's a great point. Uh, but yeah, we have the mother saying someday it's going to be you. It's getting all the attention, and we have a very chilling reading from this child actor of "I won't forget," and I'm like, oh god, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is yeah, that's pretty scary. Um, I do, lo- I really love the next scene with the uh the executive, you know, like yes. I- this is a movie trope I think that I just love is like. The asshole executive watching dailies and being like, "This sucks!" <laughs> like,
1: oh, oh whoa, you know, yeah. I poured all my money um, into this
0: picture, like that kind of stuff. The yeah.
1: other guy, I don't know if he's like an agent or director or what he is, yeah. but uh, I was like, "God, I know his face! I know his face!" He's in network as the president uh, of the the channel that they are. I can't remember right. the name of it. He, but he gets like ousted, he has a couple right? quick scenes. Yeah,
0: huh? Doesn't he get fired or ousted? Like he gets to chopping, he gets in he... the chopping block.
1: Well, there's a scene I remember with him and uh, Duvall where he's like, I'm not going to stand for this. This is Bill. He's like, you will stand for it. You'll just sit down, eat your salad. And so he just like sits down and starts. Yeah. Robert Duvall. Mm. Oh, God. Amazing. Um, Uh, I love this scene as well because you cut to the projectors and they give you like amazing exposition. Well, one guy's like fiddling with the projector and the other guy's just eating a sandwich. Yep. About how like you know, baby Jane's a drunk, and, uh... Um, it took me
0: right back to my projecting days, you're just sitting in the yeah. projection booth with the other guys, like, fucking around. A, a sandwich
1: and a cigarette?
0: Yep. Except for me, it was usually, like, you know, uh, no, it was probably a sandwich, but a sandwich and then, like, a copy of The Shining I was reading instead of actually working. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, great line, though. Boy, what a no-talent broad that Jane Hudson is. Why can't she <laughs> stay sober? Uh, you're right. A really good exposition, just kind of classed up by these, like, working-class, uh, character <laughs> exactly. actors. Uh, yeah, they they have a walk-and-talk talking about the contract, so that every movie that they make with Blanche, they have to make one with Jane, but they're like, they all suck, you know? Um, but they have the line, she's never gonna forget what those early years, what Jane did for her, calling back to that I won't forget line. Uh, we then meet the, not kind of meet, the adult sisters coming home from a party, uh, This is all shot in really amazing, tense close-ups. But somebody gets out to open the gate to the driveway. We see a hand pull, you know, like, turn the parking brake off and then accelerate towards this person. And there's a big crash. Fucking incredible title card uh, that flies out of the broken skull of one of the baby Jane dolls. Like, that is... Yeah,
1: that's pretty fun.
0: That is some
1: freaky shit. Yeah. So I feel like we should just spoil it from here on but sure. i did have a question before we get to that um as an only child i don't have any sibling rivalries what is your relationship like with your brothers you have a sister yeah i guess i have a brother yeah uh
0: no i have uh i got two older half siblings a half brother and half sister and then i have three other sibling you know full siblings for but
1: you're
0: i'm second baby to last. greg right second, second, to second to last. To last. i okay. have a younger brother and we're talking rivalries, I guess like that was the one that there most was a rivalry. You know, we 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 fought a lot, but like siblings do. Um I would say that there was an element of like now from my end, I can't speak for him. There was an element of like because we were the two youngest, <laughs> we were only two years apart, right? Um I frequently did get lumped in as like, you know, the babies sort of a thing, even though I was older sure. than him. And yeah. so it's like, you know, okay, here's an example. When my older brother turned 11, like his essentially like his kind of like curfew or like bedtime went away. It went from like, you have to be in bed by 10 to like, Hey, you're it's on, on you kind of get yourself to bed sort of a thing. Right.
1: Wow. This and, is progressive Californian parenting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, I think they just didn't want to fucking chase around f- four kids anymore. They were just like, you just do it yourself, you know? Um, so he used that time to stay up late and play video games and watch movies and stuff. And I was very jealous because I would get told to go to bed and he'd get to stay up and do that. Um, when I turned 11, that didn't happen. I still had it. When my mm. younger brother turned 11 two years later, that's when I got that. I was 13 before my parents started telling me, he stopped telling me to go to bed at 10.
1: Wow. Like, it just it's like, like you're like, there's precedent. Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: even like when... Uh, My older brother and older sister graduated high school. You know, there's like the school-sponsored, like, big trips. So you go to Europe and you go on tours and stuff. Mm -hmm. My older brother got to go to France. Uh, My younger sister, my older, the older sister got to go to, where'd she go? I think she also went to France, but like other parts of France. Oh, my my older brother, he went all over Europe. He went to like, uh, you know, Poland and um, all sorts of places. Anyway. When I graduated, they didn't send me fucking anywhere, even though I wanted them to. It was too expensive. You went to Scottsdale. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When my younger brother graduated, they sent both of us to France on this trip. So it was always just like, I just had to wait until he aged to, you know, the right time to do these things. And we kind of just became known in the family as like the boys. It's like, Mm. oh yeah, the boys, we have to take the boys to here. And it's like. Man, like I'm my own person, and I'm also older than him. Like, where, where is this fucking? You know, I don't get any of the, the privilege my elders, my other siblings did. Uh, there so,
1: seems like some resentment here. Yeah. There,
0: there was there. No, look, now I don't give a shit. Like, you know, whatever. It's it was kid stuff, but at the time, yeah, I feel like it developed a bit of a rivalry between us, and it's you know, there were things he was jealous for me about. Too. Like, it's it went both ways. So that's the closest I think I had to sibling rivalry. I'll say. Um, and everything's fine now, like, my brother's great, uh, you know, we lived together for a, a while, in the past couple years, um, and he recently moved out, and yeah, you know, I do miss living with him, like, yeah. Anyway. Well, um, that's nice, <laughs>
1: yeah, I, 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 imagine that there would be that, like, give and take. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, never got to experience. Hey,
0: who's to say? Maybe in the next 20 years, I will cripple him or myself in a car accident, spurred by jealousy, and, uh, one of us will torture the other. Yeah. <laughs> For the remainder
1: of our lives. We'll we'll see. Here's time. So the the spoiler we'll get to is that it it keeps implying that it was baby Jane driving. Yeah. Runs over Blanche and that's what breaks her spine. No. In fact, it was Blanche behind the wheel trying to run over baby Jane. And when striking the the fence, the gate, in her giant car, it snapped her spine. Yeah, man. You know, hey, if she'd been driving a
0: cyber truck, she would have been a okay,
1: right? She just wasn't <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> Any rock got thrown at her, it would have been yeah. fine. She probably wasn't wearing a seatbelt, I mean, yeah. So it was it because Ralph Nader hadn't, you know, done his job by then, yeah. He
0: was just a you know, he was still an old man at that point, but uh, hadn't quite gotten there, yeah.
1: Uh, and so we cut to like what 25 years later, something like that, yeah. From 35 to, you know, modern times. They do, a, they do a great job in this.
0: Yeah, they do a wonderful job in this of, like, it's 1962 in the movie, and, like, uh, but when you're in the house, you get the air of it is still the past, right? Based on yes. how, especially based on how Jane dresses. Um, but then whenever you see, like, yeah, I mean, we see her pretty quickly, the neighbors, like Mrs. Bates and her teenage daughter. The teenage daughter looks so modern that, like, Right, it really does contrast the rest of the movie, and then um, whenever Jane is later out in the world, like she does feel so out of time. Like it's it's uh it's really it's really great stuff. A big part of it again is just her appearance, and I mentioned how Betty Davis did her own makeup. Uh, she had the great quote about her as like of like you know Jane is the type of person that never takes her makeup off. She just adds a new layer, and you do see it caked onto her face like during at, at moments, um. And just even that that idea just adds such like a uh, like I don't know like a visceral like feeling, and I'm like, oh yeah, the type of woman that just puts on new makeup instead of taking it off. I'm like, Ugh, I got a shudder for some reason. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. The the TV movie, it's definitely it's not the white with the little uh, heart shaped love. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know birthmark or whatever. Uh, but it's still very like shocking. She has like bright red hair, yeah. like red nose, red cheeks um again also really weird outfit but there's one part where she before she meets john glover and she's like in the video store she's just like eating candy from her purse and just throwing the trash (laughs) like on the ground. i'm just like yeah that's what you do celebrity yeah nobody
0: get also like and you know nobody gave a shit about littering before like the 60s (laughs) or the 70s like they had to launch massive ad campaigns to get people to stop just throwing garbage everywhere don't throw
1: your butts out the window Yeah. yeah
0: oh yeah Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, they're watching an old Blanche Hudson movie on TV. Uh, I love the transition, though, going from the Bates watching it to, uh, Blanche
1: watching it herself in, in, uh, next door. I love how she's even, like, nitpicking, like, I told him to hold that close up longer, (laughs) but then she's still, like, still pretty good picture, though. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but this kind of reminds me, I think of old in a way, for some reason, of just, like, looking back at how you used to be, you know? Um, and, like, having this, like, again, I talked a lot about old, about the meta nature of that movie and examining film, whatever, right? Uh, but, like, it really is such an interesting time capsule, you know? Like, here we have this character that is in this, like, state, like, stuck, right, in this place of, of stasis, and she has these visual time capsules where she can see a time, actually, like, look into the past and see when her life was actually, like, measurably better, (laughs) you know? When she was
1: on top of the world, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it it is interesting, like, what a psychological effect I think that could have on you if you're somebody that grew up in the film industry and, like, had great success and suddenly it's, it's taken from you, you know, by your own actions, as we find out. Like...
1: Yes, I... There's even this with Baby Jane, like, comparatively. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of times where she's in the basement. She's either staring at the Baby Jane doll that's, or yeah. she's looking at, like, the big picture scrapbooks of, like, the the, the newspaper clippings of yeah. when she was on top of the world.
0: Right. And that's an interesting... That's a really good... When you when you do find out the truth of, of Blanche and how kind of fucked up she is as well, right? Uh, like, that is a great comparison. Like, you know, the, the pre-movie star celebrity right jane on stage versus the more modern celebrity in movies and how they both have the, like you mentioned they both have these artifacts of who they once were that they can't stop looking at you know they can't get over uh man that's good that's i didn't even think about that as like the yeah that comparison there until just now but uh so elvira the housekeeper comes over she has noticed that blanche has been drinking again all that talk and like dude if it, it, uh re-watching this knowing everything like I really got a distaste for Blanche like and you're meant to be sympathetic I think it's a really good twist because you are very yeah. sympathetic through the entire movie but then you really learn like how fucked up the entire family is and it's not that you don't have sympathy anymore but it's like you do see the insidiousness like in both performances
1: right it's it shifted a bit because i like i do have on second viewing more sympathy for baby jane even though there's a lot of things that she does yeah to torture blanche and terrible you know, things yeah murders a person but it's like would she have been pushed to these limits had it not been for blanche and her actions yeah yes yeah, she is emotionally disturbed she's an addict like she needed help but instead of like it it definitely felt like they were Blanche was trying to just appease her enough to take care of her for again Blanche's own mistake right of like I can't I can't just admit her to a loony bin cuz I want her to emotionally like look after me yeah uh, for my own actions, you know, <laughs> which she's which she's completely actions. incapable
0: of. She cannot care for right. herself let alone another person. Yeah. yeah, but I. So my uh, what really stood out to me in the second watch too. Of uh, this time was like the very beginning when you have the crowd watching them fight, um, which also struck me as a weird meta thing of like that's part of the show is like seeing the drama backstage, which is what this movie is too, right? Like we are yeah. watching. A meta version of a real life rivalry between these two women, and getting entertainment out of it. The little girl,
1: like, yeah, yeah. And her sister. But
0: um, the like, there's a person in the crowd is just like, I always blame the parents in these cases. And yeah. what I really, I think the the character of the father really does loom over this movie, even though he's literally in the one scene in the beginning, and he's got like what he's got the one song he sings with her, and this little dance routine. But he does like this, like the specter of him is all over this movie. Well, there's plenty of times where,
1: when uh, Victor Buono comes over and Jane's just like, "I wish Daddy was alive to see this," right? Like she's always talking about how great Daddy was. Um, It's always like you know Jane or Blanche like wants to sell the house, and Jane is emphatically saying daddy bought this house for, for me. me
0: right which we don't it know it was what my that, money yeah.
1: my actions that bought this house right and even there's times where blanche is saying like you're confused jane i bought this house after i became you know rich and famous she's like no you're always trying to lie to me and like
0: which she probably you know, she could be the truth <laughs>
1: yeah exactly yeah um see so yeah,
0: but even like uh, when, you know, Elvira is just like, hey, she needs help. Like, your sister is drinking again and it's it's a problem. It's not good for her and not good for you. And Blanche just kind of looks at us like, oh, you know, I haven't noticed. And it's like, you fucking, you know, you know what, exactly what's happening. Yeah. 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 And it's like, how long has she been doing this? And it's like, could she have gotten Jane help much earlier in their lives, but she encouraged the destructive behavior to, like, get back at her. Like, oh, God.
1: You do see a shot later on where she's looking in the cavern Like you're in the cabinet. Yeah. And you just see all of the oh, empty that's Scotch a, bottles. That is
0: a brilliant I love the that shot. It's so it's so stylized. Yeah. That's great. Uh that's like that's pretty soon because um we also have like the the bird in the cage, with obvious symbolism there. Oof. Uh yeah. Blanche comes in to take it out, says she's gonna clean it, comes back later with an empty cage and it's like, Yeah, the bird flew out like <laughs> just like, oh, maybe it'll come back. Um O'Vira encourages Blanche to find her a place where she can get help but she's just like, "You know, no. I I think she's going to she's going to she's going to call. You know, after we sell the house, she'll understand and we'll get the doctor to help her." She'll calm her. down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh Jane tries to call the Ornimore booze, but the store uh has, was told by Blanche not sell to her. So she does this thing where she pretends then to be Blanche.
1: We Seen a little clip of this earlier when uh Jane is talking about how the neighbor, yeah, was even watching the old pictures and it's like, Oh, did she like it? and then mm-hmm. she impersonates to Blanche, Oh, did she like it? right? Um, very well done, very yeah. creepy, it is. And then when she is talking to, yeah, the liquor store, <laughs> it's what it's like four four cases of yes. scotch, two there must have been gin. some
0: mistake. And oh god, Betty Davis is so good here because you, you can tell it adds to the tragedy of her character because she is putting on a good performance as Blanche here like yes. you see her whole body language change and her face and like just everything and then the second she gets what she wants just like that slump back into like into Jane like it is like it reminded me of <laughs> dumb comparison but it reminded me of Superman when you see Christopher Reeve like become <laughs> Clark Kent like right there's a physical yeah. transformation that happens um also apparently it's just no that's jo- a good point I like yeah. that. apparently it's just joan crawford's voice dubbed over uh yeah that's like, what it seemed yeah. Like, yeah but it is like you know the first time i saw this i never would have guessed that i thought it was just betty davis <laughs> yeah um she, yeah, she ordered six bottles of scotch and three bottles of gin this is where i really noticed too there's like the way that they shoot the house from very low angles and it makes it mm-hmm. seem much bigger than it probably is and it seemed like it's been very gothic you know, like, uh, there's uh this is almost like a vampire story, right? Like, you know, you have this, like, aging, decrepit creature that is, like, sucking the life out of somebody else, you know? Yeah, um,
1: yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, uh, also, I just have a poisoned brain, and I try to relate everything to vampires in some way, or Frankenstein.
1: Well, so. you know, that made me think. I haven't seen a lot, I haven't tried to read a lot into it, but I was listening to the big picture, and they were talking about... um uh, I'm gonna get the pronunciation wrong Yorgos Lanthimos's Poor Things oh, God, is a I Frankenstein so, yes, story yes I'm
0: so excited to see that yes
1: yeah I, I'm i very much excited to see that as well um, They, I just saw like literally
0: like maybe 10 minutes before we started recording uh, Letterboxd puts out those videos when we've seen those of like oh four favorites with this actor right yeah yeah that one was really good the one that, for the Poor Things premiere was, was great fucking Willem Dafoe okay. seems like such a character just like in mm. real life you know
1: yeah like, of course
0: he names three really good movies and he's just like oh you know uh he's like "Barry Lyndon's pretty good which i guess r.i.p uh ryan neil ryan o'neill yeah. but um but then at the very end he's like oh and poor things bye and he like just like runs away <laughs> like it's it's great well uh
1: when you got a schlong that big i mean you yeah, just, yeah you what do, do what you, what you really exactly care about. you do whatever the fuck yeah. you want yeah um so yeah she goes to pick <laughs> <laughs> up <laughs> sorry before we move on what's the quote from, like, Antichrist. It's, like, confusingly large. Confusingly
0: large. Yes, exactly. They, yeah. had, to, they had to use a stun double because no ever would be too distracted. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. Oh, yeah. She, we find out she's leaving the phone up the hook so Blanche can't call out. Uh. She uh, drinks at the piano and plays Letter for Daddy. Like, it's, like, noodling on the keys. And this is the creepiest and best scene in the movie to me. Um. When I saw this in the theater, like, it really fucking blew me away. Uh. Like she looks over at the doll in the chair and then she can hear the memory of herself singing and she gets up and then she takes over the singing. She puts the bow on her head and she picks up where she left off. I love the way it's framed. You got the light right above her head.
1: Right. And then it really is the crack, like the final crack in the dam. She has lost her goddamn mind.
0: Yes. Oh man. And then, uh, she goes into her old routine And there's even a line in the song where it's like, now I wish you would tell me because I'm much too young to know, right? And as soon as she says the word young, she kind of comes to her senses and she like steps forward into the light. She's like in shadow and all this and it it looks amazing. And she looks very fucking creepy and scary during all of it. Like just the baby voice and like her clothes, Mm -hmm. like, oh God. She steps into the light though and she sees her face in the mirror and how old she is and what she's become and she, like, just starts screaming, because, like, she's just, like, overcome with the fucking weight of aging. <laughs> like, it's it's really, really good stuff. Um, Blanche is ringing her, like, service bell furiously. Jane mocks her. We get some very ominous shots of the doll just sitting in the chair. Uh, yeah, we... then uh, Pretty shortly, we have the fucking dead bird, the first of two dead animals, served as lunch.
1: I I love that all of her plating... Is just like slices of tomatoes, yeah. that's, on, that's the, on the bottom, me and as then a just very, a very, very old school
0: like thing. Yeah, <laughs> you just eat tomatoes on a plate. That's your lunch.
1: Um, in the TV remake, it's the first one is a sandwich that has uh, worms in it, yeah, which was very yeah, yeah. gross. Like, so as she spills it, like worms are squiggling everywhere. Um, and then the second one that they do is throughout it, there's the neighbors. It's just a, a husband and wife. But they have a barking dog. Jane's always like, oh, I hate that dog. I'll, you know, get rid of it. And she serves her a um, meatloaf that's shaped like a dog while she's wearing the dog leash as a belt. Oh, my God. And then, like, drops it (laughs) on the plate. And then later on you find out that like she's like, Oh, you know, it's it's fine. And she's just like starts eating the meatloaf type of thing. She's like, They took the dog to obedience school. Oh my god. Do you really think I would feed that to you? Yeah.
0: That's that's pretty over the top, honestly. <laughs> like <laughs> it was yeah. Even this, like, honestly, that like the, I feel like the dead bird should almost be an escalation. But it happens pretty early on in the movie compared to like some right. of the stuff, you know. Um I mean it's still creepy, it's still pretty effective. And she just starts fucking like, or is that later when she starts cracking up, when she starts screaming and stuff. Anyway, uh, we have this whole subplot about her putting an ad in the paper, looking for a musician to accompany her. Uh, I love, love her talking to the guys. And again, just really great, like working class character actors, you know. And she's like, you know... I'm, I'm Baby Jane Hudson. And he's like, oh, yeah, is that right? And then when sure, she leaves, cool. who the hell was Baby Jane Hudson? Which also <laughs> could have been a great title for this movie. You know, yeah, yeah. talking about question titles. We uh, get the really tense stuff of her throwing the note out at Mrs. Bates and then uh, Jane coming home and finding it. Which, uh, oh, God, that stuff... Betty, again, Betty Davis plays it so well. When she sees what's yeah. going on with the note and she is so... Smooth about it, of just like oh, Blanche is trying to escape. Okay, I'm gonna squash this and use it as weaponry it, against her. Like
1: Blanche is so bad at trying to escape. Like that's yes. part of it. Like you should be better at it. Like just wait a little bit longer. Yell at the neighbor. Call the police. You know anything? Yeah. Um. Uh, in the remake, it's like she makes a little cassette and throws it out the wow.
0: window. <laughs> Video stores cassettes. Jeez. what does yeah. that mean like? Well, I
1: thought. This one was odd because she uses, like, a typewriter to yeah. type out her note instead of just, like, writing, help me, help me. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um, what, so in the new one, like, when did it, late 80s, right, is when it came out? 91, 91 one of the two. I think okay. 91. So this is 1962. Blanche's whole thing was, like, 40-ish years earlier, nineteen or Jane's 1917. So it means like she was a star in like the fifties in the ninety one
1: version, I guess. I think so. Well, they they show you in the beginning of it, she's making those like um, frontier type of movies from the sixties or something. Yeah, okay. And in it, it's it's like uh, Jane is the star and singing, and then they use Blanche as like the stand in lighting double Mm, and all that, and like so she's like part of the system, right? And knows what she's doing. And they're always talking about how, like, it was um, Jane's money that bought the acting lessons mm. for Blanche. You know, so I it's, guess, it's always coming back to Jane
0: providing for Blanche. I guess this kind of makes sense, but I just, I don't know. I I like that it was, like, a stage success versus film success sort of a thing. Like, you know, because it's like the singing in the right thing. Different that, mediums. That people can't make right. that transition from one to the other, you know. Yeah. I also don't know if they were nicknaming stars in the 50s, like, baby you know what I mean? Like, that is a very 1910s vaudeville thing.
1: Right. I I was just thinking of, like, you know, Shirley Temple, but she's more like right. the 40s. Yeah, that's yeah. a little earlier. Yeah. And it's like the
0: last vestiges of, like, oh, a big singing child star thing. Right? Exploiting like,
1: children. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that continued I don't know. for many the, years
0: afterwards, but. The Rascals, the little yeah, Rascals. The Rascals, you know, Corey, the Coreys, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh
1: Mary Kate and what yeah, are their names? Ash- Mary Kate and Ashley. And Ashley? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um so yeah, we then yeah, we have a lot of the, a lot more fights about finances, you know, and the house and who who bought it and all that stuff.
1: We get Victor Buono Yes. This uh, is when we come over to
0: Edwin, which it, the first time I saw this, like, it just like felt like such a weird jump. And they this here's the thing. I think this movie is not the best paced right and i feel like this jump over to this subplot is part of it but that said i love the performances <laughs> both yes uh, i i think so too yeah victor I Bono think it's just is fantastic the time
1: period like yeah. uh, like storytelling yeah, part it's a bit it. slow and, and too drawn out it is uh two hours and 13 minutes yeah. like it could be really condensed. The TV movie was 93 minutes. So I think I think this is where you, you can, can do just it.
0: really feel that this is like adapted from a novel, you know, because it's like in a book, I could see taking this detour to like to Edwin's life a bit. All these yeah. characters. Right. 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 But here it's just a little show. Even though, look, again, Marjorie Bennett as as Delia uh, Delia ooh, and Victor Delilah. Boy, I think it's like Delia is her name. Right. That's like what he says. But um, it's spelled. Oh, okay. It's spelled D. E. H. L. I. A. Um, anyway. But they're oh, Delia. Delia, yeah. They're both fantastic, though. Like, they they are very funny, and mm-hmm. they, you really get the sense that they are, like, Cockney working class, right? Like, and, uh, they desperately need money, because she's got medical issues and can't work. Um, and he is just, like, a miserable musician, like, noodling on a piano, just, like, barely looks at her when she comes in, you know. Uh, I really love, though, they like, they see the ad in the paper, he's, you know, circling it, and it's, like, gonna call. He asks her to pretend to be a secretary, and she agrees. I love, I love, I love him lighting the cigarette for her as she's on the phone, like. Yeah. This is, to me, also semi-feels, like, psycho-inspired in a weird way, I just, like, this relationship between them is, is very strange, and the way he yeah. talks about her later, you know? Yeah. Of, like, oh, I have to get home to my, m- uh, Delia, you know, like. Delia, yes, um, yeah there's something i don't know if they're implying that he's gay but i feel like I, you maybe get that
1: hint too like in a coded 60s way maybe in in feud there is a scene where susan sarandon meets him and he's yeah. like i'll be your leading gentleman and he's like oh didn't expect me to be so english or homosexual <laughs> oh
0: my god And then
1: he, he walks off eating a donut
0: i was gonna say i think victor Buono was gay and then there's the confirmation i guess yeah. um
1: um One of the things I do to like about feud is like almost any time Susan Sarandon, like walks away from a set or do something, someone like hands her a lit cigarette (laughs) so she doesn't even have to light it herself. It's just already lit.
0: That feels like a Simpsons thing or whatever. Just like a hand (laughs) off screen, just like, you know, like handing Krusty a cigarette, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, uh, he, they, they make an appointment for him to come meet Jane, um, we have a lot of stuff about, like, this is where Jane is basically being starved, right? I mean, like, we don't actually see her eat a real meal from what they almost the whole movie. Um, because it's the right. dead there's, bird.
1: There's parts of it where you know she, it's implied that, like, the, there was the food was fine. You didn't eat your din din,
0: right? Exactly. She's scared um, to eat it because she thinks it might be poisoned or something. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the that, that line I don't know, like really creeped me out. Just like the condescending tone of it all, just. Yeah, you're starving. You know, it's you. You're starving yourself, even though I have a huge you hand didn't in this. Eat
1: your din din. Yeah, Jesus. So, way she says din din.
0: Uh, dude, one of the also one of the creepiest or like most disturbing lines to me is like, you know, Blanche is pleading with her, being like, "Hey, Jane, have you considered that if anything unfortunate would happen to me, like you would lose your money." And then she's so fast to respond. Yeah, I thought about it. I'm just like, oh, God, (laughs) like she 100 percent is just considered, you know, like, should I murder her?
1: Yeah, it's why she's crazy. She thinks I'll be a star again. I don't need your money. Exactly. The the only reason I'm not a star now is because of you. The only reason I lost my stardom to begin with is because you usurped me. Which we kind of learn is actually true in,
0: in a sense, right? Like, yeah, you know, there is some truth to that. Uh, yeah, this would get a dead rat on a plate. Blanche is screaming, spinning in her chair, like, shot from above. Really good shot. And yeah, this fucking, like, Jane's maniacal laughter, she's hearing that, too, is, is really freaky. Uh, I love that when Edwin shows up, he's putting on a much higher-class British accent. Like, he's talking yes. in a much more refined way, which is
1: really funny. Oh, yes, I'm quite fond of tea. You must have guessed that I'm English. <laughs> and I just love her responses. Oh, Really? How nice for you.
0: <laughs> I gotta start saying that to people to like dismiss them. Like, it's so funny. I love that. How nice how, for you. Yeah, how nice for you. Yeah. Uh, the way she acts though, is so like sickeningly sweet. It's very baby. Like her voice and yeah. demeanor, like yep. really creepy. Uh, de- <laughs> Jane come, you know, is like, uh, she goes up to, to, to see Blanche cause she's like ringing her bell and she slaps her and she's like you're just jealous that i'm making a friend right uh they sing letter to daddy with him accompanying just the look on his fucking face when she brings the doll into is so good
1: <laughs> that i mean that's a little bit later but yeah but yes, yeah. so just when he's like looking at the yeah. sheet music when he's like ugh Starts playing, is like, You're such a wonderful player and he's like, You're such a wonderful singer. Yes. He was um, um, just the also the way that they're shooting it is like it gets really low and you see lights. Yeah. Like so it looks like a stage. Right, which that to me where I she's dancing I, and everything. I mean, yeah. Do we
0: think that's actually there in the house or is that just a weird stylization?
1: No, that's that's all subjective. Yeah. Like her, her cool. batshit craziness. I I, yeah. I
0: love that. I mean to me I don't mind it. That to me made me think of for some reason like um Eraserhead. Like uh, the the woman in the radiator. Not that I think there's any real connection between those things thematically or anything, but just like the way it's shot and like the way she looks and like yeah, having her perform on a stage like that, with the light, it's just yeah. like just yeah, yeah. Victor Buono was nominated for an Oscar for this for Best Supporting Actor. One hundred percent a deserved nomination. Like he mm-hmm. he's really great. I will say I think his character is a little undercooked by the end of it. Right, like he kind of there's. They feel like you could have done some more with the resolution of his story or something, but I really do like him in this. He, he's pretty great. Um, he says his father was an actor, classically trained, doing Shakespeare and all, but never really got a chance to make it in Hollywood. He also just, like, kind of talks around how bad of a guy he was, too, right? <laughs> Well, we don't even really
1: know if that's the true case of the story. Yeah, he could be lying about all of this.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: We, we find out later, is like uh, his mother is, you know, don't go hang out with that girl. Um, she ran over, tried to kill her own sister, and then they found her drunk in a hotel room with a man she'd never met before. Dude. And he's oh. like, why should that bother you? Isn't that how I was conceived? Dude what a fucking devastating line. And then that actress, right. her
0: response to that when he like storms out, just, Oh, just like,
1: <laughs> well, the way that he's angry and fighting and also doing his tie at the same yeah, time yeah. is very funny.
0: Um, we should speed up. I just realized how long we've been doing this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, honestly, this, this movie is a little bit repetitive in a way that just like, yeah, we get some, you know, some torturing of Blanche and then, uh, Jane is trying to come back. Yes. Right. Um, We have a lot of stuff with her, like, going to get costumes and things like that. Eventually, uh, Elvira is coming around getting very suspicious about Blanche and where she has been. And, you know, she's had no contact with her. Jane initially tells her, hey, the day off one day. And then it's straight up like, hey, you're fired. You know, give the keys
1: back. She also said, "See you next Tuesday," which oh, yes, made she me did. think of like before that was the thing. Honestly, I wouldn't be like,
0: surprised if
1: I—I I think it probably already was a thing at this
0: point. It's them sneaking it in there, maybe,
1: maybe. Yeah, there's a moment earlier. It's a very early on when she,
0: when like with when Jane or Blanche is first ringing her bell, and it censors uh, Jane calling her a miserable bitch, like you know, just like <laughs> oh, why are you miserable and then you miserable. Be- you can clearly yeah. see what she's saying with the sound of the bell, like, censors it. Yeah, so they, they, they're they being cheeky in this. Okay. Um, so anyway, virus sneaks into the house after Jane leaves, and she goes and she finds the door locked. Um, she's trying to get in. She takes a hammer and a screwdriver. Jane discovers her. She comes back and finds this, and, uh, you know, Avira's like, hey, give me the key. Uh, Jane does, when she gets in there, pretty horrifying reveal seeing her strung up above, like, her hands above her head, yeah. like, above the bed, her mouth taped shut. Um, so Elvira's just like, hey, we'll get you help. We'll call the police. Uh, actually, you get hit, and hit back in the head with the fucking hammer and brain to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, that's our, our murderer for the movie. Um, she uses the wheelchair to, like, take her body out. And we get some nice tension as she, you know... Mrs. Bates comes and tries to talk to her during all this. It's like, oh, did your sister want more fl did she get the flowers? Does she want more? Um I really there's speaking of Mrs. Bates, there's a scene earlier when she like has an argument with Blanche or with uh, Jane and she comes in, she's like, Oh, that Jane Hudson, I could kill her. And the and the daughter's just like, Alright, how are we gonna do it? And then they both just yeah. kind of laugh. Like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: Um
0: Oh, yeah. So, Elvira's gets Everyone comes over, he's drunk. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, uh... I,
1: well, I love it's like, uh, the cops come, he's like, uh, you know, he's here, he's he is like, they're trying to say I'm drunk. He's like, no, we're just saying you're a little happy. He's like, I'm not happy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah, and there's clearly something, like, you know, Jane is very, very clearly like, really attached herself to him immediately, because he's, like, to her, her window back to stardom. And does the sadness in that because he's so clearly a con man and like just in it for the money there's that really like uncomfortable conversation about money you know of like oh it's really not important but how much and when is it gonna when are you gonna pay but me? but when are you gonna pay me yeah, yeah. exactly um they decide on a hundred dollars a week with a month in advance right um so, yeah, he comes over drunk. I, he takes the doll and he, like, puts it on his lap and then puts, like, a blanket over himself and is racing around the house <laughs> in the wheelchair. Like, that stuff is fucking great.
1: And uh, that sets Jane off. Yes. Uh, um, Blanche knocks the table over and that's what he's like, oh, I gotta go look. And yeah. then runs out horrified. Dude, he, again, his, you his,
0: his acting when he discovers this, like immediately sobered up just like oh fuck (laughs) like this is i am getting myself into what have i gotten
1: myself into yes uh
0: jane is certain that he hates her and is gonna tell the police so she puts blanche in the car and they drive to the beach um it's like that you know there's a thing earlier about like oh do you remember when when daddy used to take us to the beach right and you get the sense that it's the last time they ever got along as sisters maybe is when they were Mm -hmm. children very young children at the beach um we get the 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 newspaper headline of Hudson made found in Ventura suburb. Um, Ventura is the county where I'm from. I don't know if they mean Ventura, the city or just a suburb of Ventura County, but uh, that mm-hmm. means she drove out to my neck of the woods uh, to dump the body. The next morning, people are listening to the news report. I kind of like the way this is done. I feel like this movie, I remember when I saw this in theaters, I really had to pee at this point and I'm like, Oh, well it's gotta be <laughs> almost over. And there's an additional like 20 minutes. Like once you get to yeah. the beach, um, so I remember I was very impatient when I watched it the first time, just like, fucking end, like, oh my god, I have to pee <laughs> so bad. Um, but I didn't want to, like, get up and then, me- then, like, immediately, like, miss the ending, you know? Shouldn't have had too much Cherry Coke, Greg. I, I probably did. They have some great vintage sodas at the New Bear, really. Um, Right, well, so just
1: thinking about it, like, I know I'm a little bit older than you, yeah. so, like, just get ready, like, it, it starts hitting you. Okay. At some All points right. you're like, oh, I really can't hold this anymore. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta start limiting my intake of liquids before right. I go see a movie. Yeah. Um.
0: So yes, I, I, again, I, but watching it this time, not being distracted by having to pee, I really did like how the way this is all kind of just done, where you're cutting around to different people on the beach, all listening to the radio, you know, and just kind of seeing like a little window into some people's lives. Like I really like, I was like, man, I really like this like hot dog vendor. This guy's cool. Like, yeah. About you get
1: him. the the guy talking to the cops. I love how he's even. Uh, the ice cream guy is like, you know, uh, us African-Americans don't make the newspaper unless, yeah. you know, we get murdered, basically. Right, yeah.
0: And then the cops come up and are like, hey, you find that baby Jane Hudson, and you're just like, ah, we're looking for her, we'll get her. Um, <laughs> But Jane is sitting in the sand with a bucket. Again, made me think of Old, playing on the beach, right? As a window yep. back to the past, building sandcastles with your with your sibling. Honestly, now that mm-hmm. I think about it, I'm very curious if that was a direct influence on Old um you know pretty interesting interesting yeah probably maybe not but who knows Uh, i wouldn't put it past shamblin though uh so then yeah we have both of them looking so fucking haggard uh just the makeup on them both is really freaky like the really sunken eyes on on uh blanche you know and then just kind of the the deranged sort of like caked on makeup look of of jane they they both look like ghouls at a time like it is it is really crazy stuff and this is the only time we ever see Blanche outside in the world like you know right? as yeah. an adult um like not neither of them have been like in society proper for a long long time and you also just see the the interesting contrast in fashion of the people on the beach you know what i mean like it's 60s they're wearing bikinis and like you know modern right yeah, yeah. um so while she's playing in the sand, Blanche is begging for help. She's saying, I'm dying. Like, if if I die, if I don't get a doctor and get help, you're gonna be alone. Right? And Jane's just like, no, you know, we'll, we'll be together. We won't be alone. Uh, she's completely cracked. Uh, then we have the confession. I made you waste your whole life thinking you crippled me. She was the one driving. She was the one who attempted to kill Jane after they had gone to a party and Jane had been so mean to her and dismissive and, like, you know
1: um impersonating her i think impersonating, that was which we they, find they out they she's great at yeah. yeah exactly yeah uh
0: so then we have the the devastating line you weren't ugly then i made you that way uh which yeah. jesus jane just kind of like real heartbreaking she's just kind of covering her ears and not really accepting any of this at all like she just cannot process this information like uh so she's just like hey i'm gonna get us ice cream and she runs away as blanche is like Help me, I'm gonna die. Um, she goes to get ice cream. The police the police see her. They recognize her and stop her. Like, hey, where's your sister? As the crowd gathers around, she just starts dancing. She's like, hey, I've got an audience. Um, and yeah. I guess we just assume what that... What she always Bl- wanted. I guess we just assume that Blanche dies on the beach. Like, you know, right? Yeah. That's probably what happens. But a really depressing ending reminds me a lot of the end of Sunset Boulevard. Maybe not as well done, but like that idea of like oh they they did get what they wanted through infamy right and murder um but uh yeah that's whatever happened to baby jane pretty damn good movie if i should say so myself uh what do we want to rate this out of uh
1: i had two ideas i wrote down letters to daddy oh obviously and then uh natural hair baby jane dolls
0: (laughs) i think letters to daddy
1: Of course, who couldn't? I think we
0: have to to sing it though. Letters to Daddy. Okay. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'm gonna go first as the host. Uh, Yeah, I I really enjoy this movie. Uh, It it really, it's kind of funny because at this time, it's you know, it's it's like it literally is 61 years old. This movie, but it itself is trying to be like a throwback sort of feel right, to, like, these old stars of an older generation, Um, both in its casting and then in its look in the house. Like, it is trying to kind of look like, you know, an older sort of movie, and it makes it so jarring when you get out to the outside and see what the real world is outside of this place. Um, So it's it's a weird time capsule in actually kind of several ways. But the story of, yeah, family, you know, and aging as you get older, and We kind of talked about this in the old of like these kind of differences you have with people, how they can they can fade over time. Well, this is like a opposite example of how it could go. It intensifies. Yeah, they fester and they rot even more. Right. When the truth isn't being told, when you're both manipulating each other to get what you want. Right. And you don't have that that jealousy that's going both ways. Um, I I think that is really fascinating. Like just that it's a very pessimistic movie you know about like stardom too and like how it comes and goes and time is not kind to you if you've been blessed with stardom in your life like aging is going to be really tough because you, you you move so far away from the version of you that brought you success and happiness Uh, like and then you have these ever living like <laughs> artifacts of what you once were either the, the doll or the film right um, and even if people are still enjoying that film, all you can do is watch yourself waste away, right? As you see this younger, beautiful version of yourself that was happy. Like, I think that's some really fascinating stuff. And um Betty Davis is fucking amazing. Like, 100% the best part of this movie. Like, there's no moment in her performance where you're not seeing baby Jane Hudson. Um, like, every little, like, movement of her and every line is just, like, dripping with, like, you know, jealousy, sadness, like, contempt. And um, I, I do think that Joan Crawford is really good, too, especially when you get the full story of things and you learn how much she is uh, manipulating Jane as well and has in the past. Like, it suddenly does, like I mentioned, it does turn what is a very sympathetic performance into one that you can almost despise as much as as Baby Jane you know like i think maybe even more so maybe more because so
1: because right would baby jane be like this had it not been it's for like, blanche
0: i tried to kill you and i'm gonna use i'm gonna actually turn this around so you think you tried to kill me and right. use that to, to tie you to me forever essentially um and drag you down with me um we get that fucking added detail of like when you get the full story, like there was a policeman that was beating her, telling her that she almost killed her sister. Yes, like that yeah. is so fucking like ugh, God, you know, it's it's par for the course with LAPD, <laughs> but like, um, yeah, that that is some that is some sick shit. Anyway, I really like it. I do think the pacing is off. I really love Victor Buono, but like the introduction of his stuff does, you know, kind of drag the movie down. The ending is drug out for a long time, even though I do like living in the in on the beach for a little bit um and i do think that like there's a bit of repetitiveness and you honestly maybe could have cut either you kind of cut the rat stuff i just feels pretty repetitive in terms of like we already saw a dead animal served to her um agreed and there is like i mean again Betty davis is great and i don't want to lose a second of her stuff but you know her out in the world like getting the costumes and things like you can you could condense this um I'm going to go, like, 4.2 letters to daddy. I'm trying to think. I gave old 4.3. I think old is a smidge better. Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. Right there on the
1: page already written down. Yes, (laughs) I'm going to go 4.2 letters to daddy as well. (laughs) I think it's just so phenomenally acted. Yeah. I think I. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying. It's too long. It's not as tight as it should be. Part of this is just the old school style filmmaking. Um, I one of the things I wanted to talk about in these final thoughts was just some of the differences between the TV version. Yeah. Um, and that John Glover is the Victor Bruno character. Um, throughout it, he is trying to set Jane up to like become a star again. She's going to do a um, like a almost like a talent show type thing. Yeah, it's also funny. He owes money to these like two underage twink looking kids. <laughs> um, he owes them a thousand dollars, and they say like, if you don't give it to us, we'll turn you into the cops. Remember, we're underage. Oh my so god! So there's something like real weird going on there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And what happens is, so in the story, like Blanche and Jane had done. Some movie, some album, and they were going to redo that song on stage with Jane and then No Blanche. And when she gets to the venue, John Glover is like in the bathroom or dressing room, like, hey, yeah, you're on stage next. I'll, you know, I'll see you in a minute. She goes out there. She starts mouth, uh, lip syncing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden from the wings comes in John Glover in drag as (laughs) like a version of. Blanche. Oh boy. And it sets it sets her off to a point of like, uh no, crying, runs away. John Glover comes to the house and she ends up stabbing him with her sword of excellence award that she was showing, which is like oh, some person with a big sword over their Dude, head. That that's uh, that's a trope
0: of like a weapon shaped trophy. <laughs> you Because know, like they, they yeah. do that in malignant too, of like, hey, you're the best surgeon, here's a super sharp scalpel
1: trophy you know like right. yeah yeah <laughs> of course you'll need this yeah um but yeah so she, she ends up um killing him and then they run away to the beach very similar but she's like um buried her in sand like up Ooh. to the neck interesting it's like you know decorating around her with like uh you know trash on the beach and it stuff is. like that the same with like a um strawberry popsicle instead of ice cream right um but yeah, very, very odd, very funny. I'm very much excited to get to the end of Feud. I will keep watching. And um, I'm really glad you picked this. I like this movie. I, you know, got to check this off the yeah. list. And I will, you know, recommend this at least yeah. to be like, hey, this is something you should see. Oh, it's it's any, worth Any it. fan of classic. The performances yeah, alone.
0: Any fan of like classic Hollywood stuff. Like, and that's the that's the funny thing about it. It's like, again, it came out in 62, which is kind of post- Golden Age Hollywood. Obviously it's very far from Golden Age Hollywood, but it does manage right. to capture that feeling somehow too. But just like highlight the darkness of it and like um you know, like comment on the past while also feeling Yeah, I just I don't know. When I when I keep thinking of this like this is sixty two and it feels much older than that, you know, but that's part of like the point.
1: Um Right. Well, it being in black and white yeah. as well, I don't even know if yeah, we was av- said was a-
0: Yeah, color was available, but it's all black and white, yeah. Initially, yeah. Um, I think it was either, maybe it was Joan Crawford or Betty Day, I forget, one of them wanted Alfred Hitchcock to direct this, but uh, he was busy with other things. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, but I think, yeah, that was part of the psycho influence was that, like, they were just like, hey, this is kind of like a psycho-ish story in a weird way about, like, emotionally stunted people and, um, you know... The, the spirit of a dead parent, like, lingering over the lives of their children, you know? Um, Very true. Yeah, I would not even talk about that in my thing. I just, when I was rewatching it, just, like, noticing how much the father is referenced either directly or, like, indirectly through the song. Just, like, he, he really did have this devastating effect on their lives based on how he raised
1: them. Yeah. Um, a real stranglehold on, like, their emotional development. Because yeah. it's all... It is Jane doing these things, but it's him pushing prodding yeah introducing playing the piano or whatever like he is facilitating yeah. the money and then when like she's the the tool yeah
0: we have the scenes too of like when edwin and jane are talking about their fathers you know and like they're both again both the, the narcissists in them no one is listening to the elder they're just like talking to themselves about exactly about their yeah. their parent yeah but I, there's even a point where edwin just like completely just cuts her off mid-sentence to like talk about his father more um, but yeah, I was going to ask, you know, I know we're going, we're, we're at the end, but just real quick, if we had to remake this yet again, who would we cast and what Ooh. would the kind of like, how would you update this plot for the modern day? See what I would do is that you have, uh, one of the sisters was a early, early YouTube star, right? Sure. That faded away. I was going to say Vine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And now that now the younger oh, so that's the thing so it was a YouTube star then the other sister was a Vine star now they're both completely outdated because they can't make it on TikTok you know yeah like they can't make that jump
1: um well I feel like we should just hire the the Olsen twins I was gonna yeah but you're, and you're, their <laughs> younger sister so we have a double up of Blanche
0: we are on the same page here absolutely yes the Olsen twins together are caring for a crippled <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> oh, God. um, Whatever happened to Michelle from Full House? Is that what you call it?
1: Yeah, I was trying to think what her name was in the show, but I guess Michelle. Michelle, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Michelle Tanner. Whatever happened to Michelle Tanner? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Nice pool. Yes, Murph. Uh, please tell us what we're going to be watching next week.
1: All right, for the last pick of uh, Out With The Old, the last pick of 2023. Wow. We are going to go back to 2013, a Jim Jaramouche picture with many, many returning champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about Only Lovers Left Alive, a real special movie about um, being undead and in love. Yeah. Yeah. I made my uh, my reference
0: to vampires earlier. It was a it was a sneaky little you know transition early on into mm-hmm. into the next week. A little foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing. Yes, yes. yes definitely. Yes. Um, this uh, will be well, my. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. It's my very first Jim Jarmusch movie. I've never seen any
1: of them. I... That's so surprising. I know. He's to me. B- he's
0: just one of those guys where like I have so many of his movies on my list of like, hey, you got to see this, you got to see this, you know. And I just haven't gone around to any.
1: Yeah. The, the one, I guess I didn't really, like, pick it up when you were saying, when we were talking about Old or Bubba Hotep, I can't remember what episode, but it was, like, that you didn't see Training Day.
0: No, I've never seen and, Training like,
1: Day. Yeah. Oh, my God. That one. I mean, just, I mean, Ethan Hawke alone. I know. Love him. I know. Denzel's great. There's a Scott Glenn performance in Ooh. it that is just, he's got two scenes. But it's so fucking good. Okay, you're selling you me. Gotta, you, you're gotta selling me. you gotta see this movie. You gotta pump it up on the list, yeah. All right. The, the, what's all right. keeping
0: me away is just David Ayer. I just have such a distaste for him, you know? But, yeah. Hey,
1: that's... Maybe, you know, the one he's time not, it's good. But he didn't direct it, so, yeah. Right, right. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe anywhere you get this podcast. We have email, weeklypodcastmassacre, at gmail.com, both threads and Instagram, at Weekly massacre. You are G Anderson nineteen on Letterboxd, I am Murphanturf. So please head us up. Let us know if you can perfectly impersonate your sibling. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: if you've been served a bird on a bed of tomatoes, or if you've ever had a doll made in your likeness, we want to hear from you. Yes. yes. And as always, uh, oh yes, I'm quite fond of tea. <laughs> you must have guessed I'm English. <laughs>
0: We were pulling from the same scene, and you use my lines. So I'll just say, "Oh, really? How nice for you!"
1: <laughs> Bye. Bye.